Existential, a podcast aimed at reminding you that it's okay to be human. We listen to human stories and human experiences, and we wrestle with issues of justice, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Corey Leak. Thanks for listening. What's up, Existential? Stream of consciousness coming your way. The verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial came out today. Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts. Remanded immediately to prison, which was a surprise. I think all of it was a surprise to me, if I'm being honest. And um, we had another episode scheduled to come out, which will be out next week, that you want to check out with uh, my good friend Robert Munson. It's going to be an incredible conversation we have about all things spirituality, which <clears throat> is um, uh, is a great listen uh, when when, it, when we release it. But I felt like I needed to uh, process what happened today and all the things it means and some of the things that it doesn't mean. And I guess I want to start at the latest news following the result of the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, We found out that in Columbus, Ohio, There was another incident. Before I tell you what happened, I want to tell you that I have a 15-year-old daughter. We just came home from a volleyball tournament in Reno. And I find myself, like, really feeling as the older two get older and get ready to go off to school, I find myself feeling really connected to the baby daughter, who I was already spoiling. But she's 15 years old. And still feels like a baby to me. Like she can't drive. We're teaching her to drive. She's, <clears throat> she's, uh, yeah, she's asking a lot of questions, still trying to learn how the world works um, on TikTok and social media. She's 15. And uh, today... we found out that a 15-year-old little girl named Michaela, I'm sorry, not Michaela, Micaiah Bryant, was shot and killed by the police shortly after we found out that officer, former officer Derek Chauvin was guilty on all three counts. So I responded to the results of the trial by saying don't expect all black people to be celebrating today. And the reason I said don't expect all black people to be celebrating today was because the real killer killers of George Floyd are still at large. The real killers of George Floyd Ahmaud Arbery, Micaiah Bryant, Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin. The real killers are white supremacy and anti-blackness. And they are still at large. They still exist in corners of where you work, 
where you go to school, where you go to church, in your family, they are still at large. They are still lurking. They are still doing psychological terror and harm to black and brown people all over the United States. So I said, none of us are safe until those two are brought to justice. And I had a friend, well, someone that I had known for a while, comments, white person said, you know, could we take a moment to just celebrate what happened? And I said, you can. Note to all the white folks listening, you do not get to tell black people how to mourn or celebrate in the face of anti-black violence and injustice. You can be an ally. You can stand in solidarity with. There's some black folks who don't even want you to do that. So if there is someone that you know who's black who says, I don't want to be in solidarity with you, don't be offended or do, but give them their space. But the reason why I said maybe we're not really celebrating is, is, is because I didn't even know about Micaiah. It was because I know just like in Stranger Things, as soon as you think that it's over, you think that the big monster has been killed and they figured it out. There's a scene after the credits and you see that there is uh, another more diabolical, larger, more sinister, harder to kill, more elusive, giant monster still lurking to do harm. That's what I knew. I didn't know it would be the same day. But I knew that that thing was still lurking. And it's not to take away from the reality that it's special, it's important that Derek Chauvin be held accountable for what he did to George Floyd. Taking away someone's father, someone's son, someone's cousin, someone's friend. Taking the breath out of a body crafted by the creator. Yeah, he needed to be held accountable for that and it's important that he was. But, you know, a, a while ago, I started to write a piece and I said in the piece, I wrote I wrote this thought down that I, I don't want to continue to thank white people for doing the basics, for doing simple, good hearted, human, decent things. As my good friend Andre said, it's like we don't want to thank people for not shitting on the floor. Well, thank you for shitting in the toilet. You know. You thank a puppy for that when you're trying to train them to not go pee and poop in your house. But a grown-ass adult? I've never thanked a grown-ass adult for coming in my home and asking where the bathroom was instead of just pulling their pants down and peeing in the middle of my living room. And I don't think you would either. So, yes, awesome, that Derek Chauvin, who we all saw with his knee on the neck of George Floyd is going to prison for murder. 
We all watched him do it. And I understand that the amount of gaslighting and the amount of trauma and the amount of oppression that black folks have been through in this country makes us go, well, it seems like a no-brainer. Well, it seems easy enough. But we remember Rodney King. We remember George Zimmerman. We remember the moments of injustice that we've witnessed over the years. We remember every single police officer who murdered an unarmed black man in cold blood who walked free. We remember that. So yeah, you're listening to this and you're like, man, you're, there's, a lot, there's a lot of mixture in, your, in, your, in what you're saying. And yeah, there is a mixture. It's a mixed bag. That's what injustice does. It mixes the world. It takes things that should be simple, like don't shoot unarmed black people. Don't shoot 13-year-old boys when their hands are up, surrendering. It takes things that are simple like that and mixes them all up to cause us to have conversations about when or how somebody deserved to be shot and killed. They shouldn't have been this. They should have done this differently, and then they would still be alive. You know, we, that's what injustice does to us. It makes us all a little bit crazy. It makes us all kind of like wonder what's up and what's down, what's left, what's right, what's good, what's bad, what's justice, what's evil. Yeah, that's what injustice does to us. And that is the tension I feel with people saying and the idea that justice was served with the verdict that just came out. I don't know. At a certain level, yes. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The ancient idea from the wilderness and the Torah that Moses and the leaders of that small Hebrew tribe in the middle of the wilderness at the base of Mount Sinai, that that, that sort of primitive idea of, of justice, that this equals this. Our society has become much larger, the world much more integrated, tribes more integrated to where justice becomes more nuanced, right? Where we start to, you know, kind of understand that, wait a minute, is it actually just that simple exchange? You killed, so therefore you are, you should be killed. You committed this crime, therefore you should spend the rest of your life in prison. Now, I, I can't speak for the family of George Floyd and what feels like healing to them, and I'm sure there is a I imagine there's a, a healing, a feeling of healing that comes from like knowing that the person that took the, your loved one's life away is going to be punished for it. I imagine that there's a feeling in that that feels good. But the grief of no longer having George Floyd around is not made better by Derek Chauvin going to prison. And I wrestle 
someone asked me today what what verdict was I expecting before the verdict came out like what do you hope happens and I said I don't know I knew that I wanted to to see that you can't just murder a black man in the middle of the street and get away with it and what I said was I, I you know Given the justice system we have, I'd, I'd rather that the flawed justice system that we have be measured equally, indiscriminately, not, not um, in favor of white folks and disproportionately disfavorably to black folks. I know that I don't want that. But ultimately, the bigger picture is I want us to imagine justice before there's harm. I want us to imagine what that looks like. I want us to start reaching for that and fighting for that and longing for that and not just the retributive justice that is this has happened and therefore now this has to happen, but the justice that is equal distribution of rights, dignity, care, food, water, resources to every human being simply because they are human beings. And if that means that some people have to have a little bit less than their overabundance, then so be it. That's what I want. In the meantime, a verdict of guilty for blatantly killing a black man in the middle of the street when the, with the whole world viewing it, yeah, that's something and I think if we're all being honest those of us that have paid attention to the injustice of it all those of us who've hurt and and felt the pain of it I think we I guess would all describe it as something but to call it justice feels dirty in our mouths doesn't quite taste right to call it justice. Yeah. And now we move on to mourn yet another tragedy. Another family mourning. Another life gone too soon. And we hold both joy and grief together. You know, today I was actually at a funeral. Um, someone in our family passed away. It was really fascinating to sit at a funeral, uh, the older and more um, introspective I get, the more I'm fascinated by things like this. And also, quite honestly, the more I feel myself having to uh, <laughs> calm my nerves. And the more I begin to think about the day that I'll be lying in a casket. Any of you who are still alive when I'm laying in a casket, you're welcome to come to the funeral. I only ask that you don't 
come and think you're going to make remarks because I don't want people at my funeral too long, right? I mean, I want you to be in and out of here in about 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes max, okay? So if you want to say something at my funeral, write it down and you can drop it in the grave with me. Gosh, that's dark, but it is what it is. But I was at this funeral today and um, my brother-in-law and his wife, um, my sister-in-law, they're basically both my brother and sister, they were there with their new baby and she's adorable and we're sitting in this really beautiful church in Oakland and um, I'm sitting there and I'm sitting next to this newborn baby with all of her life ahead of her just resting there Julie's holding her and I look over and I see the end of life both in the same room and it was fascinating that in that moment I thought, yeah, they're not that different. It's not as binary as I once thought it was. Like it's life and death present, right? The, the beginning of life, the end of life present in the same space. And, and our world, our lives are so complicated and so full of moments like that, so full of that. We are at the same time that there is some sense of joy, relief, exhaling over something that black folks thought would never happen, that a policeman was found guilty for murdering a black citizen, there's some sense of joy, but at the same time there is grief over being reminded that it happened in the first place and then that grief added to that grief is the fact that yet another black citizen was murdered by those who were supposed to protect and serve her. She literally called the police because some girls had showed up at her house to jump her. She was afraid, so she had a knife. And when the police got there, they shot her. Now, those of you who watch Existential Sunday, you heard a story that I told about um, having a manic episode, or I should say a panic attack, a really extreme panic attack that I had, where I, I felt out of control and felt like I needed paramedics. And, you know, the story I've told the story to some friends, and they've said, you know, that the circumstances surrounding what happened to me have happened to other people, and they had no problem calling the paramedics. But my wife looked at me and said, I'm not calling 911 and having the police show up here and you're freaking out. I'm not going to watch you die in front of me and your daughter. Now, maybe that sounds extreme to you, like, oh, come on, come on. But then there's been, this is the third incident that we've heard of since my incident where people have called for help from the police and instead of getting help, they got harm. Not just harm. They're no longer with us. This, my friends, is what we are contending for. We are contending for a world where black and brown folks can call for help and that help show up in the form of help for their trauma, their distress, their pain, without guns brandished in their faces and the flash of a gunshot being the last thing that they see. 
We're contending for a world where we don't have to wonder or sit in the tension or the mess of, is it really justice that this man is going to prison for 40 years? What does that actually do for the family? Contending for the kind of world where people, businesses don't have to board up their businesses in the anticipation that there'll be violence in the streets because yet again there'll be another sign, another message sent to us as black folks that our lives don't matter. We're contending for a world that's better than that one. And to all of you who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, all of you who are <clears throat> part of the Patreon community, all of you who have who have recommended this podcast, who have subscribed to it, that is what you are doing. You tell your friends about this. You share on social media this podcast, Existential Sunday, things that I've said, things that my the guests on this podcast have said. Every time you do that, you are in a small way contending for a better world, and I'm so grateful that you're doing it because I believe wholeheartedly that we can contend for a better world. One conversation at a time.